first thing I would tell you um, is to try and separate yourself from from any kind of a, emotional attachment, which may sound like the opposite of what you want to do in a you know in a leadership role. You do want to have empathy and sympathy and all of those things, but you've got to separate the personal side of it. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Jamie Bone about the importance of clarity and accountability and all things human resources. Dr. Jamie Bone is the Assistant Director of Human Resources in one of the largest districts in Texas. She's earned her bachelor's degree in the University of Texas at Austin and both her master's and doctorate degrees from Sam Houston State University. She's published many journal articles and book chapters, mostly on the topic of teacher and student ethnicity in public schools. She has worked in public education for 22 years as a substitute, clerical help, teacher, campus administrator, and district administrator. She has spent the last 14 years in human resources and has a passion for working with campus administrators to help staff members grow and to make our schools a safe place for students and staff. Welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Dr. Bone. We are so glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, you have been in HR for 14 years, and HR is such a vital aspect of just the workplace in general, but also leadership for every single employee, right? You support every employee from the lowest paid to the highest paid. That's who you support and I have to admit, I think most people have a huge misconception about HR. You know, in our brains, we think of the office with Michael Scott and Toby Flinderson. And Michael hates HR, right? He's like, why are you the way that you are? So I guess my first question is, what are some misconceptions that all employees have about HR? Uh, well, I and I agree. I'm a huge office fan. And uh, and actually, I really like Toby. I'm probably the only one. <laughs> but there's probably a good reason why for that. Um, but I think, you know, first of all, uh, rule, we're rule followers and, and I think a lot of administrators are, but, but there's a lot of room for, for, um, kind of some gray areas there when you're on a campus and you're looking at someone face-to-face and you start feeling bad and, you know, it's easy to kind of, um, want to bend the rules a little bit here and there. And then here comes HR, uh, and they kind of seem like they're not very nice people sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and so that's a misconception, I think. Um, because I think uh, I would, I'm a proponent of the whole philosophy of being clear is being kind. And so, um, you know, sometimes having those difficult conversations, nobody wants to have them. I don't want to have them either, but, um, (laughs) but they're really necessary. And when we treat people like professionals, um, part of that is being clear and being honest. And so that, that means that you're sometimes delivering a message that people don't always want to hear. So that's definitely a misconception, I think that, and then also, just, I, I watch a lot of TikToks. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I think we all do kind of out there right yeah. now. <laughs> um, but I see a lot of, um, a lot of TikToks that are kind of, I don't think they're joking. And they're talking about how um, HR is there to, um, to protect the company mm-hmm. and not the employees. And I would tell you, uh, you know, I can't speak for every HR department. I want to start off by saying that, um, but I can tell you, I know for sure in, in my HR department, we're there to protect everyone. Absolutely. We protect the company but we protect the company by protecting the employees. In other words, I don't do the company any favors by allowing employees to be mistreated. Yes. You know, whenever I think about HR, I really think of, and again, I can't help it, but Toby's in my mind. He is there to protect and to serve 
everyone. But a lot of times you have to step in and have, like you said, those hard conversations. And I agree with you. Most people don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. It's so hard to step into those conversations, but it's so kind to be clear because it's very unkind when people don't know what the expectation is or don't know that they're doing something that's breaking a rule and you allow them to continue doing that. That's, that's, that's not being kind. So what advice can you give us on how to step into those hard conversations? Yeah. So the first thing I would tell you, um, is to try and separate yourself from, from any kind of emotional attachment, which may sound like the opposite of what you want to do in a, you know, in a leadership role, you do want to have empathy and sympathy and all of those things, but you've got to separate the personal side of it. Um, in other words, you're not there. People get upset when mm-hmm. you're going to deliver bad news and no matter how kindly and and with how much dignity you try to leave them with, um, people don't want to hear bad news. And so, um, you know, their response sometimes can, can be, personal and you have to try and separate yourself from that, that you stick to the facts. We're not getting off into our feelings on how you made me feel when you yelled at me yesterday or, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is all about like, you know, the conversation that you need to have with somebody. And so you've got to separate those personal feelings. It's really not about you. People's responses often are just, uh, just human nature. I mean, they're upset. And so they're, they're going to respond in a certain way and you have to separate yourself from that. So that that's the first piece. I think I'm going to have to pray about that one, you know, to separate. Cause so often in those conversations, people want to go tit for tat, right? They just want to win the argument. And so I know for me personally, praying before I (laughs) had this conversations, remove me a self, remove me of self, you know, so I don't give in. So I respond and don't react. So that is such great advice. What were you going to say for number two? Well, I was just going to say, it's interesting that you said pray. I mean, I'm, I'm not in a position to tell everyone else that they need to, but I can tell you that, you know, um, you mentioned I work in a public school district and, and so I often have to get my car and drive across the district and, and then go have a hard meeting with an employee. And regardless of whether I'm, I think it's going to go well or not. I'm I, the first thing that I do is before I even get out of the car, I'm sitting in the parking lot and I have a, a, a long calming prayer session, which is all about, you know, it's all about, um, you know, doing what's best for the employee, doing what's best mm-hmm. for students, you know, hope asking God to, to give me guidance through that. And, and then ultimately that I'm leaving them that I'm delivering this in the most kind, but yes. direct way possible. And, and like I said, I'm leaving them with their dignity. Nobody likes to hear bad news, but that doesn't mean that I have to, um, I don't have to, shame them in delivering that there's a, there's a right way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about stepping in the hard conversations, having prayer before you go into that. What if in the middle of that hard conversations, things really start to go sideways, can you give us advice? And especially, I want you to think about it this way. I mean, everybody listening, not everybody has an HR department. So we're talking from leaders to, I don't have an HR department and I got to step into this hard conversation all the way to, I do have an HR department. If I step into an accountability conversation where I'm delivering some news is the best way I can, and it really goes sideways, how do we handle that? What's your advice for what to do if it really starts to go south? Let's say they get really emotional, start yelling, cussing, or maybe even physical. What do we do there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, just prior to it getting to that, mm-hmm. um, I would tell you that I, I always put, just write down some bullet points. You don't want to write down a whole narrative of exactly what you're going to say, but some bullet points so that you can stick to them because it's really 
common for employees to try to sidetrack you. And I'm not even sure if they're doing it intentionally. Sometimes they are like, let's talk. Well, let's talk about what you did then, Yeah. <laughs> you know, or let's talk about you. You think I'm bad. You should see what my next door neighbor does, you know, and, and they're trying to sidetrack the conversation. And I always try, my advice is always to, to bring it back to those bullet points. You, you want to talk about these two or three things and let's bring it back to that. So when they start trying to sidetrack you, then the, the response is, you know, I'm glad you're bringing this up. We're going to talk about that another time. Let's set an appointment for that. But this meeting is to talk about these three things and then bring it back to that. Um, Make sure that those things that you're, that you're talking about, that you can state them concisely and clearly so that uh, there's no question what we're talking about here. Um, There's Mm -hmm. sometimes I think people are trying so hard to deliver the news softly that they water and muddy it down so much that um, sometimes the employees sitting there looking at you like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> and you just need to say like, I'm, you know, we're here to talk about one, two, and three. Yes. Um, and oh, then I would tell you such great advice. Yeah. And before that, I would tell you that even when you tell the employee that you're going to, that you want to meet with them, I just like to be straight up. I don't like secrets or surprises. So if, if I'm ever going to meet with an employee, they know that Jamie bone from HR is going to be there. There's yeah. no surprises. They don't walk in the office and surprise HR's there. I mean, that's, I, I just think that's mean and unkind. So, um, so I, and I would say the same thing, even if you don't have an HR department and you were there on your own, then I would just be real clear. I need to speak with you this afternoon about, um, you know, your, mm-hmm. your arrival times or whatever. Yeah. So there's no question when they come in, they know what they're there to talk about. Otherwise you have people who are sick to their stomachs and getting worked up sometimes it's, it's not even that big of a deal, which is, you know, here's what we're talking about. So all those things I think can help eliminate people getting, um, worked up to the point mm-hmm. that, that they start screaming and yelling and cussing, but sometimes that happens anyway. Um, I would tell you the next piece of advice is to listen. You know, I think that's probably the hardest quality that a leader has to develop is to close yes. your mouth and listen. Cause we're all used to when, when you have those mm-hmm. innate leadership abilities, then it's, it's just, at least in my nature, it's in my nature to like, stand up, let's get things done. I've got, you know, I need everyone to do these things. And, and, uh, (laughs) and really, it's really important to to close your mouth and listen, because sometimes what you think is happening is not what's happening. It -hmm. doesn't change the policy or procedure that you need them to follow, but it might give you a better understanding of why these things are happening and what you can do to help support them, to help them be successful. Cause that's your job as a leader is to help your employees be successful. It's not just to, you know, make everybody toe the line. What can you do to help your employees be successful? That only benefits you because if, when your company's, when your employee is successful, your company's going to be successful. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always kind of in in my mind, there's three things that I focus on personally. One, it's my job to be clear in the expectations. Two, it's my job to support you in gaining the skills so that you can be successful in meeting those expectations. And then three, if you're unsuccessful, then we got to figure out something else. But the first two are on me. That is a leadership, you know, weight that I need to bear. And I think so often we jump to number three. Well, they're not doing a job well. And I'm like, well, did you give them clear expectations? Did you train them? I am shocked at the amount of people that don't train others on how to do a job. It's shocking to me. Well, you know why, Bethany? I think a lot of the times it's because when we get to a position of leadership, it's because we were really good at our job. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to understand when I'm, when I was great at classroom management, it's hard for me to teach you how to do classroom management. Don't you just know? 
Um, yeah. you know, cause that's kind of how it was when we walked in the classroom, but it's because we were good at it. So it takes some development on the leader's part to really decipher what exactly the problem is and then how to help grow somebody in that. So and then true. your initial question was, um, so what happens if it really goes sideways? So all those things I told you that in advance, because I wanted you to know that mm-hmm. there's lots of things that you could do to try and, um, be preemptive about that. You know, you yeah. can help, help keep those things from happening, but once it does happen, um, you know, you kind of have to judge it. I play it by ear. I, 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 I will go back to saying that I listen. Sometimes people start screaming and yelling and cussing. And if I don't feel threatened, Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just have to get that out. It doesn't mean that that's appropriate, but, um, you know, let's get it out and then let's talk about it. And sometimes people yeah. will calm down, they'll apologize and they'll move forward. And you just, you just don't say anything. Don't counter their points. Don't whatever mm-hmm. you just sit there and you really listen to what they're saying and really mm-hmm. listen to how they feel. But if you feel threatened or you feel like, um, you know, this is not productive anymore and that you don't feel like you can salvage this meeting, then you need to stop it. And, and you would just calmly say, this isn't being, we're not being productive here and we're going to reschedule this meeting. Let's, why don't, why don't we take a breather? Let's sleep on it tonight. I'll come back in the morning and we'll talk. Yeah. And you know, worst case scenario I've had, I had to have people escorted out of my office. I mean, I don't have to do that often because usually you can keep that from happening, but you know, I've had people throw their badges at me, throw things at me <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not going to, I don't get paid enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> so and I we're going to end that meeting. We don't treat each other that way. And, you know, just listening to all of the amazing advice you're giving, I, I have to confess something, you know, as, as a, a leader administrator, somebody who's been over people and, and stepping into hard conversations, you know, I got to gut check myself I automatically went to the negative and even asking that question, what do we do when people lose it? Right. Because we, we tend to think and hone on those big moments when really it's such a small percentage of what we deal with on a daily basis. So one, I, w- I just want to confess that, that I just jumped into the negative pool whenever you gave such great advice on proactive things. So I want to reel back and say, okay, I, I'm a leader and I am now in charge of leading people well, right? We have a job to do, but also these are human beings, right? So I really want to be a good steward and care for them. So you've mentioned such great things, but can you kind of wrap that up and say, what are those proactive actions? So what I heard you say was, you know, one, just be clear with expectations Two, have those bullet points ready for those conversations. And so my mind is all over the board, but I want you to kind of bring it back for us and just say, if you were talking to a brand new leader, you know, HR 101, you know, how do you be proactive as a leader? So you don't have somebody throwing their badge at you. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to set the expectations even before the meeting starts. Here's what we're going to talk about. And we're meeting at this time and here's what it's going to be about. And number two, you want to stick to your bullet points. So people are going to try and bird walk left and right. You're going to bring them right back to, we can Mm -hmm. talk about that in another meeting, but today we're talking about this and you come back to the points. You need to separate your emotions from those. And I don't mean emotions like you, you don't care. You absolutely care, Mm -hmm. but you're separating whatever personal things that people are going to throw at you because, and and I know you're trying to make, you're asking me to make this concise, but I think this is important. This goes back to people's responses are all, it's all about themselves. I mean, they're, first of all, they're probably nervous. So they've got all this emotion. And sometimes that emotion comes out as yelling or, mm-hmm. you know, crying or, you know, all these different things. And it's really, it's not even about you. It's just, they're just nervous. So, like I said, if, if you feel like you can salvage this meeting and, and that you can bring this around to being more productive, then just let them just, just listen, 
Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is, is just listen for a minute, let them get that out. Because sometimes once you kind of get over that little hiccup there, they can take a deep breath and let's talk about really what the problem is here. Yeah. So the problem, there can be a lot of problems. And you said, you know, focus on the bullet points. How do we, how do we analyze and peel back all the layers of the onion of dealing with people in hard situations and conflict at work or a lack of performance at work? How do we find the actual problem? Because I think so often, you know, we're human. We can make things about ourselves. Well, I didn't like your attitude. Well, I didn't like your whatever, you know, um, how do we remove ourselves and then find out what the true problem is? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's, that's kind of a, a lot of layers there to that question. I, there I is, think, you know, because <laughs> HR is um, hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is, you know, again, I'll go back to being proactive. You've got to communicate. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not fair to hold somebody to a standard that you haven't told them about or that you assumed that they would know or anybody in their right mind would know that, but mm-hmm. that's not true. And not everybody knows what you know. So you've got to be real clear and tell someone exactly what it is. And then you have to really think that, that when you're deciding, when you're trying to determine what an issue is, that burden lies on the administrator. So, um, you know, it's, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to administrators who will like, I'll say, well, what's going on? And they'll be like, well, they're just rude. Yeah. Or they're there, or the person is, um, they're just irresponsible. They're giving me these adjectives that, um, that are, that don't actually tell me anything. They're subjective. Yes. So what is it that they did that was rude? Well, they, they just have this tone of voice. When, what did they say? What was the exact words that they said? Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to it, you know, might've just been a miscommunication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you really have to drill down and same thing with like, you know, job performance, like what is it that they did? What specifically happened? Yes. And then in that way you can either, well, you can not either, but both communicate that to the employee. This is what's happening, but this is what I need to happen. And you can determine as a leader, what you can do to help support and ask them, what can I do to help support you? This is what I need to happen. Mm-hmm. And then how can I help you get there? But I, I really think that that, that is, and sometimes that just talks, um, that, 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 uh, comes down to talking with someone else to help, help them help you drill that down. Yes. And That's I think a lot of what this conversation I, I have ours will tell me more, be specific, what happened, yes. no adjectives, what are the facts? And I love that you gave all of that because I just, I see, you know, and just think about hanging out with friends, right? Whenever you get together and you have that little vent session, a lot of it is the tone, the way they make me feel and da, 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 da. But then before you have any kind of conversation, and again, I think this is even bigger than just accountability conversations at work. It could be with your spouse, your kids, your friends, you know, drilling down to what that is. And I love what you said. So often we apply adjectives to it, but we don't break it down into, well, what do they actually say? Because it's so messy. We add in our feelings, our stories, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about storytelling. So does, you know, crucial accountability, uh, crucial conversations. They talk about how we tell ourselves stories of how we fill in the gaps of unknown information. And we decide what they were thinking and what their intentions were. And that's not, and I, I think this is where HR really comes in to teach those skill sets of leaders and leaders. If you don't have an HR department, then you need to grow your skill set in that to be curious and ask questions. And I love everything you're saying. It's really helping me, you know, die to self in that, that aspect of listen first, be curious, don't go with my own opinions or stories or assumptions. You know, at the end of the day, you have a person that's 
in your care, you need to serve them well. And often that starts with being clear. You've said that a million times, clear is kind, right? Be clear with your expectations and then listen, you know, by asking questions, one, you can tell, do they have fear? Do they not have the skill set? Or is this, were you unclear? A lot of times I think I told you, and I think that you got it, but you didn't. And I think some research out there says that people have to hear things eight times before they really hear it, (laughs) you know, and maybe as leaders, we don't do that enough. So you've given such great advice and I appreciate that. And just your voice and how calming it is. I, I feel like you step into those conversations and you probably make everybody feel like, hey, I'm here to support everyone. You know, I mean, do you feel like you can step into a room that way? Because that's the way you're coming across it. Oh, that's so nice of you to say, no, I don't at all. <laughs> I would love to develop that skill. I do think, you know, and this goes back to what you said about misconceptions about human resources, is that when people know I'm coming to the meeting, it ups the level of, and it, and it honestly, by the time I'm coming to a meeting, I, I can usually guide a principal through their conversations. They don't need me there. We practice, we talk about what we're going to say, um, because it's uncomfortable for an employee to walk in and see HR sitting yeah. there. It's not Jamie bone. I really don't think that's personal. It's not like they see me and think I'm a terrible person, but they, but HR is there. Yeah. And now, now we're at a different level. Um, and sometimes that's intentional. I mean, if, if you didn't get it, the first five conversations your principal had, then yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it does take HR coming down there, but, yeah. um, you know, but that is my goal is just, I want people to know that, that that's what I'm here for is to listen and to help resolve a problem and help us all be successful and to hold everybody accountable Yeah, because ultimately every decision I make impacts kids, not directly, but, um, but pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the importance of HR, we've talked about, you know, supporting the leaders who are having accountability conversations with employees, but you also have to have accountability conversations with the leaders themselves. Some people in leadership, number one, we're all human. We make mistakes, right? We're going to say the wrong thing or make the wrong choice at some point. So the feedback that you give the accountability conversations is not just there for the employee or giving that feedback or accountability conversation to the employee. It's also to the leaders. And I need the individual contributors out there listening of HR is your support as well. And so if you have a leader who's acting inappropriately, make sure you reach out there, there to support you as well. Do you have anything to say about, you know, the individual contributor or just employees in general? Well, for sure. And I would, I would even back that up too. I have principals that will call me and, and, um, and really great principals, really strong principals who will call me and say, I need help with this. And, and they'll start telling me about a situation, but as we're talking through it, um, maybe the principal um, is having a bad day, or maybe um, maybe they're reading into something that, you know, it's easy for me. I'm not looking at the person. I can really look at this pretty objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so some of it, sometimes it just takes that conversation of let, let's, let's really get down to what's going on. And sometimes the problem is not with the employee, but with the, the principal. And, um, and those are conversations I can help work through yeah. with them. And so I, and I just say that because I go back to, um, you know, it's not always about just protecting the company. I mean, it's my job to tell a principal when they're wrong Yeah. and I'm going to go back and do it the same way I would with an employee, which is with dignity and respect and kindness, but um, I'm not doing them any favors by allowing them to continue to make a mistake and, you know, have a complaint filed against them because I, I didn't want to hurt their feelings and tell them earlier, you know, that's not right. And, and that's not my job. And, and the same process, most, most of the time, our principals, we've got a good enough relationship where they'll, you know, uh, you know, I know, I hear you, you know, I, all right, I got it. <laughs> um, but sometimes, you know, occasionally very, very few times this has happened, but a couple of times they've gotten pretty upset and, um, but they'll come back later 
they understand that I'm doing this to help protect everybody. Yes. So as far as the individual employee, I mean, you just, you know, you can't expect things to change if you don't tell someone there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So if something's happening, you know, especially in a company, the size of the one that I work in, you know, we have over 11,000 employees, you you have 68 different locations, well, 68 different campuses, but also different departments Mm -hmm. um, located throughout a 350 square mile radius. So I would tell you that um, there's no way that Jamie Bone can know every individual problem that happens on every campus. So if something is, is a pattern, if you see something wrong, it's your responsibility to let somebody know. Um, because you can't expect anything to change if you don't tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, I know I've had uh, employees say things like, well, I just, I felt like, well, I could just handle it. You know, I'll just put up with it. Oh, you know, you sleep can it under that. the rug. Oh. Yeah, you can do that and you can be miserable <laughs> at your job or we can try and come up with a solution, mm-hmm. but just know that you're subjecting everybody else that comes after you to the same thing. You shouldn't tell anybody. Yes. So how can I fix a problem you don't tell me about? Man. You know, and just thinking about everything you've said, you know, just recapping it in my own mind, you've given such great advice. You know, let's just start with the basic principle of see something, say something, right? If if something doesn't look right, feel right, or if someone's not performing or misbehaving or anything like that, you've got to say something or the problem will continue. Do not sleep it under the rug. But then two, to be super proactive, I love all of your proactive advice is just be clear and, you know train and be kind and then give them feedback on that. Nothing should be a surprise. And I think all too often we allow ourselves to be surprised that things get as bad as they do, or we get up all in our own feelings and we're shocked. I'm shocked that they had that reaction. You know, we make it all about ourselves and, you know, HR really comes in and they're just so, I don't know, like, what's the problem? Let's handle the problem. And you are so good at removing all of that psychology, emotional stuff around it to solve the problem. And ultimately that's what we want, right? To solve the problems, to keep moving forward. So I cannot thank you enough. So my my next question is really thinking of all of the advice, thinking about the misconceptions of HR, but how much it's needed. What are some takeaways for our listeners that they can apply to their own leadership? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest one is, is to practice listening and really listening, not listen to respond, not wait for someone to stop talking. So you can talk it back at at them. (laughs) Um, you know, really listen. That's how you solve problems is is you listen because people don't typically come to work to do a bad job. Mm -hmm. There may be a few, (laughs) but most people don't come to work to do a bad job. So if they're doing a bad job, it's probably because they don't know how to do better or something's going on. There's some other, you know, compounding, uh, incident that's going on that, that maybe you could help them with, or, or that you can work through, but you've got to listen. And if you, um, if you let the, that emotion start coming out or taking things personally, uh, it really takes away from, from really just getting down to what, what is the issue here and how mm-hmm. can we move forward? How can we make this right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, can t- it can turn the issue about the leader and not about, you know, whatever the situation was. For sure. And, yeah. yeah. That is such great advice. Listen. And then the second thing I would tell you is, is to communicate even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these conversations that you're probably going to have to have in a leadership position are uncomfortable. And no matter how founded they are, you know, like you might, you might've done everything right. You've told them and you've communicated, you've given it to them in writing, you gave them a picture. I mean, like you gave them all the stuff and they still didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got to communicate even when it's hard things that you think that people should just know people don't just know. 
we're all different. And that's what makes our company wonderful is, is that it takes all of us. You could not have a company full of Jamie bones and be successful. (laughs) It takes a lot of different kinds of people, but, but in those differences, you're going to have these conflicts. And if you don't have those conversations, I mean, you're not doing yourself any favors. So, so communicate even when it's hard. Then the next thing I would tell you is, is to have grace. Um, that doesn't mean make excuses for people. It doesn't mean let people bend rules, but, but, you know, people are going to have hard days. Somebody might snap at you. Somebody might take a tone with you that they shouldn't. If it's something they do every day, then yeah, that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. If it's something that, that that becomes a pattern that needs to be addressed, but somebody has a hard day. Look, these are hard times. Yeah. And so, uh, we're all human. You're going to have a hard day too. And you, I think you would probably hope that someone would have grace with you when that happens. But Absolutely. I would tell you that that's, that's such a benefit of having an HR department. That's different. That's separate and apart from you, mm-hmm. because it is, it is easy for me to sit here on this side of the phone and, and just look at this very objectively, you know, there's no emotion tied to this. I mean, I want, uh, there is emotion in that. I care about these people. Yeah. but I don't know them personally, usually. And even when I do, I'm able to kind of step back away from that. I'm not directly involved in the situation that that principal is involved in. So being able to have those conversations um, and, and give them some grace. And then the, probably one of the most important things I would say is that you've got to treat people with respect and dignity, even when they don't give you that same kindness, <laughs> mm-hmm. when they don't give you the, that same respect and dignity, that's your job. And, um, uh, my goal is always, you know, I've got to, I've, we've got to accomplish some goals here. I've got to get some things done. Uh, we've, we're going to do them in a certain way. We're going to follow the rules. Um, but when somebody, you know, whether they lose their job or, or get written up or what, you know, all these disciplinary things that could happen. My hope is that a year later, when they see me, um, that they can at least say, well, I didn't like what she had to say to me. Um, but you know, I understand where she was coming from, you know, or, or at least, well, she wasn't, she, she wasn't mean about it. (laughs) Um, You know, people don't always, you know, like I said, they don't always forgive me um, Mm -hmm. when, when they've made mistakes because it is, let's be clear here. It's not, it's not me. Yeah. Uh, I'm there because you have now invited me to be there. I'm there because of whatever has happened that now I have to come and talk to you. This is on you, not me. (laughs) Absolutely. And so looking at those four things and correct me if I, if I don't get them right, but one is just listen, listen to people. Two is to step into the hard conversations. It's your job as a leader to step into those hard conversations Mm -hmm. and three, give them grace. Um, People are going to have one-offs, right? We live in hard times. And then four, everyone should leave every conversation with you with their dignity, right? You don't attack the person you talk about the problem or the behavior or this lack of skill or whatever it is. Right. Um, all right, Dr. Bone, that was such great advice, but now I want to flip it to the opposite. What is one poor decision that you would tell our leaders to avoid? Like, please don't do this <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I would, I would say don't, don't, don't respond when you're angry. And I know that any, that's like leadership 101, right? <laughs> you get a terrible email, sleep on it. Don't write back till tomorrow. Uh, frankly, probably don't want to write back at all. Let's just, let's just start there. <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's call, let's make a phone call or meet in person. But, um, but I think uh, even in those hard conversations, when, when people are angry and they say things they don't mean, you have to be above that. This is, mm-hmm. this is no different from a teacher working with students. When a kid loses their temper, that doesn't make it okay for the teacher to lose their temper. Right. Yeah. 
And it's the same situation with, with a, in a, a conversation with a supervisor. Um, you know, people are going to, like I said, they're going to say things because it's human nature. Um, please don't respond out of anger. Please don't respond out of emotion. Um, stick to the facts. If you are get, if you find yourself getting upset, um, if you find yourself in a position where you are going to lose your temper, I beg you to take a break. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with saying, you know, I, I don't, I need to continue this conversation later. We're going to take a break. We're going to end this meeting. Now we're going to come back later and then end it and get out of there because, um, responding out of anger and emotion, it does nothing but get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> that is such great advice. And, you know, thinking about everything, HR, HR is so important, not just the department. And for those of you that don't have the department, it's okay. The concept and the purpose of what human resources does for you as a leader and for you as an employee, for you as a company is so important. So where can our leaders learn to beef up their HR knowledge and skills on how to better serve their employees? Because that's ultimately what you do. You are there to serve employees and make sure that they have a great working environment and they're successful at their jobs, right? Where can I go to beef up my human resource knowledge and skills? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously human resources is more than just having hard conversations, but I think that's the hardest part of human resources. So um, I would tell you, if you really wanted to beef up on the things that we've talked about today, you mentioned it already, crucial, crucial conversations and crucial confrontations. Uh, If you haven't heard of these books, and frankly, there's, there's some pretty extensive staff development associated with those, not just the books, but they go along with the books. Um, those are really critical. And if you really listen and really apply yourself during those trainings, what you walk away with is, is being clear, like what we've talked about and not adding your own stories, what you think is happening. Um, but that's going to help you with having these hard conversations with, um, being proactive about, uh, you know, treating people kindly and clearly and, um, you know, getting, getting the job done because you're being clear. Mm -hmm. And then also just, um, you know, even in other facets, a lot, a lot of what I do, I've got to conduct investigations. One person says this happened and someone else said something else happened and I've got to figure out what happened. Yeah. And, and having that knowledge behind me is, is so critical because, uh, I've got to come at this from, I really don't know what happened. I can't assume yeah. Um, because this person's always doing that kind of stuff or because, you know, like you can't walk into an investigation like that. And so those trainings are really, really solid. And in all my years in leadership, I would, I feel like those two are the best when it comes to, um, learning how to really have good, good, solid conversations with people and conference. Like I said, there's crucial conversations and crucial confrontations. And that's important <laughs> to know. Yeah. First, we're going to talk about it. And if it happens to be a bigger conflict, a confrontation, then I need to know how to step up my game there. So great advice. If you're going to be in a leadership role and not have a confrontation with someone, you know, you got another thing coming, you better learn how to do it right. Absolutely. And don't be shocked. It's going to come right. Problems, conflicts, and constraints. That is your job as a leader is to work through those and to help people learn how to work through those problems, conflicts, and constraints all the time, every day. (laughs) Well, Dr. Bone, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
as always, you have just such amazing wisdom. Guys, make sure that you beef up on your HR knowledge and skills. It is so important in leadership. It's going to make you a better leader. It's going to help you have the confidence and skills that you need to step into those conversations. But number one, and I love Dr. Bone talked about this all the time, be proactive in all of that. So many problems can really not come to fruition <laughs> by you being proactive with your skill set. So definitely beef up on that knowledge. All right, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry.